So when that inner light and that inner sound comes calling, what do you do with it? What do you do when that light of God shows up and is calling you to go with it? Do you go? Or do you disregard it? Or do you try to control God and to bring God into your life, to try to get God to do what you want to do, to try to make your physical life better, to transform that which is in the world? Or are you willing to let go of your attachments in the world, to let go of your belief systems, your feelings, your thoughts, around anything to do with anything in your life? Are you willing to let all of that go to go with God? A simple phrase, let go and let God. Do we know what it really takes, though, to let go? Well, that's what the journey really is. It's a journey of letting go. That's what we do with the LAF, loving, accepting, forgiving, and all the homework, or we like to say going homework, going home to God. There's really that process of letting go. That's us taking the personal responsibility. A lot of letting go, yeah, we seem to have to take responsibility and to do that which is the action steps of being responsible. And that is part of it. That part of the letting go is fulfilling a lot of our mission here, so to speak. Those experiences we've come in to learn, to grow, to move through. But nonetheless, it's all about letting go. And it's just understanding the process or the pathway by which this works and how we need to really follow that call of God, that inner light and sound, and why it is so important to really practice the meditation so that we can really awaken to that inner light, to hear the inner sound, to know what that voice of God is that is calling us, the true self, the soul, calling us home to our true home in the soul realm and spirit. And what we have to do and what are we willing to do within ourselves to answer that call? Are we really willing to let go? God calls everyone, but very few respond to that call because very few are willing to truly let go of all of the attachments in order to go home. You've heard the phrase before, you can't take it with you. You can't take anything with you. For you, the soul, to truly return back into the spiritual kingdom, the spiritual realms, that pure essence of loving from which we've come, we've got to let go of all that is not pure, so to speak, all that which is of physical, astral, causal, and mental in nature, all that which is of the mind, the emotions, imagination, and body, we have to be willing to let go. And God doesn't wait for us. God keeps moving. You ever notice, if you see that inner light when we meditate, that purple light, it's always moving. There's a movement. There's no stagnation. It's not sitting still and waiting. It is moving. It doesn't wait. I've had the inner experience to see and know that myself. That which we call the radiant form of God's loving or the spiritual teacher doesn't wait. It comes and calls us to follow. It comes and shows us the way. It teaches us what we need to do what direction to go, what to let go of, what to look at, what to love, what to forgive, what to accept, so that we can answer the call and follow that movement of loving. But we're given the freedom of choice to whether we want to answer that call now or later. It's just a matter of when. Is it now or is it later? Well, that is our choice because we can choose to stay stuck or stay attached to hang on to those things that whatever we find more important than God. Those things that we've made more important than our divinity. Because that's what we've done. We've made the body 
our belief systems, our feelings, our fantasies more important than God. And we become attached to them. And that holds us. We are literally holding ourselves attached to this physical creation out of choice. But yet God's always beckoning, always calling. Every time we sit down to meditate, in truth, we're answering the call or at least opening the door to know that God's there. We like and would wish and hope to believe God is with us, blessing us, protecting us, holding us. And that's true. God is. Well, what are you doing with that? Are you really trying to bring God in to change your life, or are you willing to let go of your life to live God? That's the biggest key here. If you really want to wake up and know God, you've got to be willing to let go of everything, everything. But that letting go is just inside of you. Yeah, sometimes in the world it looks like getting rid of stuff, cleaning out the closet, cleaning out the relationships, all that stuff, you know, doing a cleanse, fasting and all that. Yeah, we do those things. We do those things as a reflection for us here as a demonstration of a letting go, purification, so to speak, that cleansing. And that can help. That can be nice if it's really a movement of letting go inwardly. If we're doing it out of the ego, thinking, okay, I'm going to do the ritual, and in doing so, I'm going to get God. It doesn't work then. There's got to be a true movement inside. And that's where we need to look to find and discover that truth in that movement of letting go. Not by our outer actions, our rituals, our beliefs, thinking what we do here affects in here. Only in here does it affect anything with what we choose to do. So we have to listen. But how do we listen unless we quiet ourselves? When we still ourselves and truly open to receive that loving. And this is what happens when you do. When you start to truly empty yourself, which is a letting go, God will automatically fill you up right then and there. And this crying seems to be a normal response to that movement. If you haven't noticed it for yourself, let alone me doing it, that crying is that letting go of emptying. And then as God fills us with that loving, those tears, instead of tears of letting go, Sometimes it feels like sadness when we let go of things. We're sad to see them go. We think we're going to miss whatever that is we're letting go of. But if we're really willing to do that, that grace, that love then that we've created the space for comes right in and begins to fill us. And then it turns to tears of gratitude. That experience of loving that truly is, that is so much greater than any attachment where we're trying to get loving from. It's all we're doing with everything we attach ourselves to is trying to get loving from those things, whether it's people or belief systems, our pets, the animals, nature, 
anything in this world we're trying to get. All we're doing is trying to get the loving that we're lacking within ourselves. And that's where the pain is. Because we feel, we know that separation because we're not answering that call and being filled in the only way it can be. So we look and seek for it in the world, in our belief systems, the right way of thinking, the right way of doing, thinking that's going to be the answer. Thinking that's going to fulfill me if I can have that. If I can only do this. Then I'll be fulfilled. And so we ever seek after the desperation and pain and suffering or call it passion. That's what a lot of passion is. I'm passionate about this or that. It's actually a lot of pain and suffering of trying so hard to get what we think it is in the world we want. Not realizing what we're really seeking in desperation in passion is truly that fulfillment that comes with the letting go and being filled up by God. We don't understand that that passion or that desire of seeking in the world is just the longing of the soul that has for God. The longing that the soul has for God is the desperation by which we find ourselves being moved in our mind, our emotions, and our bodies. The greater the pain, the greater the desire, the greater it is that longing, the soul's desperation to be back with God because the separation has become so strong that it becomes a painful action. And that pain then begins to move us, first through the world, seeking after fulfillment in the world, but then we find that there is no fulfillment in the world and that which we seek here. But we'll discover that. That's part of the journey. It's not to be avoided. That seeking in the world is part of the journey of truly seeking inside because until the day comes when we're truly ready to look in and up in spirit, we're going to look down and out. That driving force inside of everyone is that light of God seeking that fulfillment. But that fulfillment is the soul truly seeking to be back in the oneness of spirit. But in not knowing that, we search into the world, going here, going there, having all of our experiences, good, bad, looking for the next fix, looking for the next relationship, looking for the next whatever, until one day, finally, something inside of us finally turns and realizes it's not in the world. And then we get depressed. Well, if it's not in the world, there's nothing here for me. There's no purpose. Why am I here? Where's my freedom? Where's my joy? Where's my fix? Well, when that shift happens, and it'll happen to us, not even because of our choosing, not because of our conscious choosing, but because the Spirit inside of us turns. Because we have fulfilled our experience here. 
And it's not until we fulfill the experience here by our seeking down and out to have the experience for the fulfillment of God do we begin to turn within our consciousness and begin the journey of letting go of our attachments in the world. Our attachments we've created as we came into this creation, we've laid out the pathway through that. First our thoughts, then our feelings, then our imagination, and then our physical experience. We've laid out each our own pathway through those attachments, those things we pursued down and out. But the day we really complete that, the day we really are done, is the day we will turn. And automatically, we'll begin to really now answer that call inwardly, to begin to seek out the truth spiritually. First, it may be going to churches, and it may be going to different psychics, and then it may be going to different spiritual teachers. And then eventually we find ourselves beginning to go within ourselves. Because ultimately, that's where we're going to go. No matter where we go outwardly, ultimately we're going to go into ourselves to turn within. That action of meditation is how we answer that call. Until then, it's all jumbled. It's all garbled. We know something's happening. We know something's changing. Our lives are different. There seems to be a little bit of magic. There seems to be some miracles happening. Those are the beginning signs. God, show me a sign. Those are the signs along the way that are the demonstrations we first seek after physically so we know there's something beyond the physical. We know there's a God or something. Something that's real, this thing we call spirit that gives life. Life itself, what is it? What gives life? Well, when we begin to truly seek after that source of life itself, that's the greater seeking that we begin to turn within. Because we see it in motion out here until something dies and the life is removed and it's stagnant. We go, where did the life go? What happened? Why is it dead? Why is it no longer alive? Where did that life go to? It is those kinds of questions that take us deeper into the divine. When you begin sincerely asking as well as seeking the answers to those deeper questions, those questions will begin to open doors within you And those doors open, that loving starts pouring through. And there's where you find not only the answer to your questions, but the answer to that longing. Because every question we have is because of that longing the soul has to find its way home. That's what we're really seeking, even when we don't know it. We're trying to find our way home. And we will do everything we can. And that's what you want to do, is everything you can to find your way home. 
because you want to have this. That longing you feel or experience and however you do is the very energy by which you're going to move to that answer that will fulfill you. And ultimately, you've heard me say this before, there's only one answer, and that answer is God. But until you experience what God really is in that fullness, it's going to be step by step, question by question, fulfillment by fulfillment. I like to say there's many enlightenments along the road to illumination. I know the truth, and I can say that because I've asked the questions, and I've been years in seeking the answers, and I still am. There's always more to God, or shall I say God's expression. God is pure loving. But all of God's expression of that pure loving is quite a journey, to say the least, let alone a ride. But that's not a concern now. The concern now is this finding that answer for your fulfillment. And I'll say this. You're going to find out if you haven't already, the only fulfillment truly is God. I almost want to apologize for that, say I'm sorry, but that is the only answer. But you're welcome to take eternity to prove me otherwise. If you only knew how long you've already been around in this physical creation, it would blow your mind. It's not until the soul has been around a long time till that turning around to now go back to God takes place. So if you're here, if you're listening, if you're watching, you're one of those souls that's been around a long time. And you're here listening now because you're beginning to respond to that inner call. This isn't hocus-pocus. This isn't superstition. And I don't care what people put on what we do here. The truth is the truth. And that's what we're all going to discover. And all Jim and I are doing here is just sharing what we have discovered, that truth for ourselves. That's why we don't do belief systems. We don't do rules and regulations or lay out any laws. Because all that does is get in the way. We're simply here to share our experience in a ways and means by which you can find that fulfillment for yourself. It's rather simple. That's the funny thing. It's rather simple. The truth, the way, the light, the sound, God's loving. Because it's one loving, one source, one frequency, one sound, one light. Because it's just one God. How much more simple can you get than that? Just one. Maybe zero. <laughs> but what is that? You've got to get to such a simple point, back to just one. It's so freaking hard to let go of all the millions to get to the one. Anybody in here studied a lot of metaphysical stuff and you've heard of what, the Wheel of 84? You know what the Wheel of 84? Oh, 84? No biggie. Do you know what that 84 stands for? 
What is it? Eight million four hundred thousand, or is it eighty-four million? I forget now. Eight million four hundred. Eight million four hundred thousand. What different life forms or something mm -hmm. or species, species that the soul experiences? Mm -hmm. The wheel of eighty-four. Eight million four hundred thousand. That's a lot. And how many years for each of those experiences? Well, you start adding up the numbers then. And you realize how long you've been around. And we're just trying to get back to one. We came out of one. And then we became two. And then three. And then four. Somehow got up to 8,400,000. And then some. So now we're on our way back to one, counting down, turning around. Okay, let's see, 8,399,999. All right, I got one done. <laughs> one by one, step by step. Thank God grace can come in and clear away more than one at a time. And that's what happens. When we really start to turn around and begin the journey back home to spirit and truly open ourselves and make ourselves open and vulnerable for that grace of God to move through us, that grace can clear up so much so quickly that we don't have to take every little step ourselves But literally, when we surrender to God, God will come in and do so much for us just to fly above it all if we're just willing to let go and not think we have to do it all ourselves, not think in taking responsibility for our thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions that we have to do it all by ourselves in order to what? Earn God's love? To prove we're worthy? No. We just have to be willing to let go, to let God, and simply to be loving. That's what it takes to let go. And to let God is just to be loving. And that's why the simplicity of focusing on the one, that one is simply loving. So when we go into meditation, when we do whatever we do, to focus just on that one loving is all we need to do for everything to take place. The grace, the blessings, the freedom, the liberation, the fulfillment, the joy, the peace, the fun and the humor, all of it will be fulfilled through that simple one action of loving. One action, one loving is where everything is fulfilled. It's not a lot of work. It's just a lot of focus into the loving. Focus on the loving. Let the loving awaken in you. Let the loving work through you. Let the loving be that dynamic essence of God that it is and that you are do everything and be everything. And that loving will handle it all. And you will truly know God is with you because you will be aware and experience that movement inside of you. And in that knowing, you'll know you're answering the call and responding 
even through your thoughts and feelings and your physical actions, responding to that movement of loving is that loving moves you to take those steps you need to take to allow the loving to fulfill itself. Even though it may look like even outer actions, it's really a fulfillment of the loving within as you step through the outer actions. That's completion. Loving will always move us to completion, to fulfill that which it is here to experience. And I'm saying it that way, which it is here to experience, because that's who we are. But we don't often uh, look at ourselves as that loving. Somehow we've just come to believe we're the body, the mind, and the emotions. So we think the loving is something other than who we are. So we often speak it as it is like a third party, so to speak, as something separate from ourselves, but yet it's who we are. But that's the process of turning within. If we do that meditation action and turn within, we are drawing our consciousness. That consciousness is the light of awareness of who we are that is drawing back in to go beyond the physical, to then go beyond the imagination, to go through the emotions, to rise above the mind and then through the unconscious and back into that divine spark in itself. We have simply projected our awareness, the light of our soul, through these other levels, and now we're just simply bringing it back to ourselves, the soul, to wake up and realize the truth of who we are as the soul, the divine light of God's loving expression. That's the journey, really. And that's the journey of awakening, to come into the knowing of who we are as that light of spirit in expression. So we've got to go through all of those thoughts, all of those feelings. We've got to go through all these physical experiences we have because that's the movement of consciousness. That which we've created on our journey down and out, our responsibility is simply not going back in and through it all on our way back home to God in picking it up, picking it up, picking it up, picking it up, picking it up till there's nothing left to pick up. Because what happens when you turn around and go? You've got to bring your mess with you. And then what? You give it up to God. And guess what? It's gone. There's the letting go. That's forgiveness. That which you've created on your journey out, now you've turned around and you're picking up and giving it up to God. Picking up, giving it up to God, that's the letting go. Each step of the way. And sometimes a lot of stuff at once. And like I said, when you've got God, you've got a bulldozer. So it's not just all you picking up every little piece. And each time we let go and fulfill something, you know, don't you? Don't you feel that freedom? You know this freedom, this fulfillment and completion that's taking place. Even though you see things on the outer, you feel it. You know it inside of yourself. You do know. Stop doubting yourself. That's part of the questions. Did I really? Did something happen? Did I let go? Am I getting free of that karma? Really? Yes, you are. Unless you're creating more karma. <laughs> but that's how you learn. You learn how to create. You learn how to fulfill and complete. That's the process of learning to be a co-creator with God. We create. And then as we complete our creation, is how we learn. Once the com creation is completed, it's lifted, it's fulfilled, we let go of it. And now the wisdom of the experience 
is what the soul keeps. We let go of the outer form and we retain the wisdom of the experience. That's what this journey is really about. It's the wisdom of our experience, not to hang on to our creation, but to learn from our creation and to let it go. When you do it by loving your creation, letting go takes place through loving, as I said earlier. So it doesn't matter if you created something nice and pretty or something pretty horrible and ugly. Doesn't matter what you created, and believe me, we're going to create all of it, the good and the bad here, because this experience of that tree of knowledge is the tree of good and evil. So we're going to experience the positive and negative, the good and the evil of this world of duality. Don't try to avoid the polarities of dark and light here. We're going to experience it all. And the sooner you surrender to both experiences of dark and light, you're going to get fulfilled that much more quickly and easily. Soon as you just surrender and become vulnerable even to the darkness and that which is evil, the faster it passes. The more you resist, dig in your heels and fight it, the longer it persists because of your actions not because of the darkness, because of your actions in resisting it. What is that phrase? Resist not evil? What are all these phrases for? What the hell? Do you ever take the time to contemplate and understand what these simple little phrases are we've been given through history? Take the time. Contemplate these things. Discover the deeper meaning and let it benefit you by you putting it to use. So support yourself. You want to love the bad and the evil just as much as you love the good and the light. That's how you fulfill it and bring it back into the oneness and fulfill it and clean it all up. If there's any resistance, any reaction, we are going to be held accountable to that. That is the law of the land. Thank you, Lucifer. So we have to fulfill it. We've got to honor the law of the land. How do you honor that? Through loving. When you offer loving rather than offering resistance is your road to freedom. That's the only way to freedom. We're not trying to create good and dispense the bad here. We're here to love and accept it all because we know that's the only way to truly liberate the soul from everything in this world of polarity. That's a big statement. There's very few who teach that in this world. Most teach good overcoming evil. Good luck. It's always the battle. We're going to bring peace to the world by killing all that which is evil. Right? Isn't that what happens? But if we don't defend ourselves, it's going to kill us. That wouldn't be so bad, would it? I surrender. Kill me. I'm free. But no, we don't do that because we're afraid of dying. I'm not going to surrender to the darkness. I'm not going to let the darkness get me. Why not? Chicken? You scared? Well, yeah. I don't want to go to hell. Well, you're already in hell. Where else is there to go? You're not going to know until you surrender. And that's what I'm here to share about. You're never going to know till you do it. And that's a lot of the message Jim and I and any spiritual teacher hopes to share. Because we know the greatest thing is overcoming our fears. But the way to overcome our fears is to surrender to the fear. 
Because when you do, you're going to discover it's all an illusion. It was never real to begin with. But when we believe it, it certainly looks and sounds real. But as soon as you surrender to that fear, the reality of it dissolves. If it dissolves, was it real to begin with? Well, that's what you're discovering on this pathway. I know for myself. Do you know for yourself? I've had to face my fears, including the fear of death, or I like to say near-life experiences rather than near-death experiences. And that's a good thing because it's not until we face our fears and surrender to them do they dissolve. As long as we keep reacting and resisting, we keep the fear alive. Nothing is ever as bad as you think it's going to be. It's the fear of the experience that is worse than the experience itself. Even dying. Dying's not scary. It's actually a very easy experience. I've had a few. <laughs> dying, I remember this years ago. Spirit brought me through an experience this lifetime, not one where I've died in the past, but this lifetime, where I literally had the experience of dying, what it's going to be like. And the message was, as I experienced it, dying is easier than breathing. You don't even think about your breathing very often, do you? Dying's easier than that. Why is that scary then? Why do we fear death? Dying's easier than breathing. Well, I just won't take my next breath and I'll find out. I know when it's not time, though, it's just not time. But that's often one of the ultimate fears that we're all going to face if we're in a physical body or an astral body or a causal body or a mental body or an etheric body because all those bodies die off because they're in the realm of time and space. The only body that doesn't die is the soul, a divine spark. But all those other bodies have to die in order for the soul to be liberated and to wake up and know its true life. So get busy killing yourselves. But that killing is not really killing. It's one of allowing things to die off inside of you. And what am I saying now when I say in dying? It's another way of saying the lessons are completed. The learning is fulfilled. Let it go. That letting go is a dying off. It's the same thing, just being said in a different way. Because in this world, we see things as being born and dying, living and dying. Isn't it funny? What's really the most fearful thing? Is it the fear of death or is it the fear of living? How many people hold back in living their lives because of fear? Ooh, a new one. That'd be a good one. What really is the greatest fear? Is it the fear of death, the fear of public speaking, right? Or is it the fear of living? <laughs> Well, we're going to face them all and any other fears we have until we can truly let them all go. Now, is fear an outer thing? No. That's why I like talking about it that way, because it's truly an inner experience. Because we can be fearful of all kinds of things out here in the world, but it's a fear inside of us not out in the world. It's just the things in the world trigger whatever that is inside of us.
So go face the fear and surrender to it. Just surrender. And I don't mean facing your fear like jumping out of a plane without a parachute. The fear is inside of you, so you've got to face it inside of you. It has nothing to do with the outer action. Nothing to do with the outer action. Isn't it funny how a lot of people do things like skydiving and other things to dare themselves to get past their fears and overcome their fears? You know, all the old personal growth things like walking on hot coals and chewing glass and I don't know. There's been all kinds of things I've seen over the years, people. That's a martial arts thing, I think, the chewing glass or something. I could make up some jokes with that one, but I'll let it go today. Yeah, where's all my jokes today? It's a new year. No more jokes. <laughs> nope, I don't. So what we're doing here really is truly about the soul's return home to God. The fulfillment of the soul and what that takes, what it looks like and sounds like. We're here to describe and to share about that. We're here to answer questions and we're here to encourage you to take the steps necessary for what it takes. And it ain't easy facing our fears and walking through them. Funny thing is, it's a hell of a lot easier than what you think. It's just a matter of doing it. Sometimes it takes us a while to get to that place of doing, to build that courage, that strength, that whatever that is we need within ourselves before we take the action steps, and that's fine. Build that inside of yourself. Take the time you need. Do whatever that is, but don't avoid the action steps you know you really need to take. Take the time you need. Go learn what you need to learn. Do what you need to do to build that inner confidence and strength to take those action steps, but don't avoid taking them. Do them. It's okay to feel fear and still take action anyway. That's how you're going to learn. And that's how you're going to fulfill yourself and get through all the things that you're here to really get through and experience. That's why we're here. We haven't been condemned or punished. It may seem like that sometimes. We're here to fulfill ourselves. But part of the fulfillment in this creation is also one of facing the fears and walking through them. It's resisting or succumbing to the fear by which that Lord of reflection we call Lucifer can maintain control over the consciousness. That's because we've given up our power by our choices. So this is also a journey of re-empowering ourselves Again, again, to make choices for ourselves and not giving our power away, not just to other people, but to literally that consciousness of fear. It seems weird to say, I surrender to fear, because most people would think, well, isn't that giving yourself over to that consciousness? Well, yeah, that's what you would think. That's what the mind wants you to believe, so you don't do it. The truth of spirit is always a contradiction to the beliefs of the mind of man. It is backwards because the mind of man is a reflection of the truth of spirit. The mind of man is what's actually backwards. So when we go to God because we've been so entrenched and have learned how to live through the mind, we find it difficult because it seems so contradictory. It is. It's completely the opposite. 
That's why it's so challenging. You've got to let go of your belief systems. And as you let go of the belief systems, you're going to let go of the reflection. And as you let go of that, well, what happens? Well, it's just dark. Well, that's why you turn around and face the light, you idiot. (laughs) But that's part of the process. There's always the darkness until we do really truly turn and see the light. The nice thing is, you will see the light. You just will. There's no way you cannot. That's a given. That's the good news. There's no way you cannot see the light. It's just that we don't until we're willing to let go of the fear, the illusions, the attachments that block the light from our view. That's all it is. That's the whole turning around. All we've been doing is looking into the darkness, so you turn around and look into the light. It's as simple as day and night, just like in this world. The world revolves. Well, our consciousness revolves just like the world. It's just a matter of which direction we're looking at any time. Well, I guess it is a new year. I don't know if that's much of a New Year talk or speech. No New Year's resolutions necessarily. How many people keep them anyway, right? The New Year resolutions I look for is just as God transforms us from within. Because when that takes place, it's always going to be a time of renewal no matter what time of the year that is. And sometimes that does happen during the seasons like we're in a new year. Some of you may have already been noticing a newness in things and letting go of the last year. I know last year has been a hard year for a lot of people, including myself. This year is definitely starting off on a a better foot, so to speak, whether it's the right or left one. Things seem to already be lifting and lightening up. So I'm actually looking forward to this year. I was pretty worn out, as many of you know, by the time last year. So three weeks of rest over in Maui definitely help. It's good to be back. Jim and I just got back a few days ago from our vacation time, which is very much needed. It's been very restorative, to say the least. And it's nice to be back sharing once again and being with everybody. And I really do look forward to the year and our trip to England this fall. I hope to see people in the initiates retreat here in March, as well as the continuing classes and all that we continue to do. But I really do think this is going to be truly a new year.